you're tuning in to Change It Up, the podcast. A podcast about young people challenging the status quo. I'm Sarah and I'm super excited to be in this journey with you. We Gen Z's have so much to offer this world. We're creative, inclusive, empathic and tenacious. And we're not afraid to stand up for each other. Join me and a fellow Gen Z for a weekly conversation about the behind the scenes of being a young change maker and all the things that matter to us. We're here to build connections and inspire positive change. So do you want to change the world with me? Take along. Kind of show that migrants are solution bringers that they are an opportunity for communities they're not just problems or a threat and they're not powerless victims as sometimes the media likes to portray them that they come and hurt a lot a lot of people and they don't know what to do and they cannot take care of themselves because actually many of them are heroes and everyday heroes and nobody talks about that Welcome to Change It Up. This is episode 8 and I am Sarah as always and I am happy for you guys. If this is the first time that you are tuning into our podcast and our community, I'll bet you welcome and we are really happy to have you part of our community and and to have you join, join us on this journey as well. And, and we are a community of of Gen Z's, of young people trying to find our ways to collaborate and to create a more positive future, make a positive impact in the world, but also doing our best because I think a lot of the time when we as activists or we just as young people, we, we move through the world and, and we feel like there is, there is a lot of pressure and we can also feel a lot of, of feeling like an imposter and feeling like we we can't really fit in as activists and and we're trying to sort of dispel what's happening behind the scenes of all of these amazing leaders and activists and artists and, and all the people that we look up to who are fellow Gen Z's but also how they got through their journey and and this is is just a journey where we can all try to to see that we are all just human behind it and these are people just like you and me who have gone through the challenges, who who have been able to to find themselves and be true to themselves in a way. And and I hope that you guys are are excited to be in this journey with us and that we can grow together and that we can connect in all the ways possible. Um, and if you're looking to to connect deeper with our community, with Humanity Up, to become a part of our ambassador group, we have applications open for the 2022 um, ambassador program. And you can head to our website, which is wwwhumanity up dot com or our our website um that's our website you just go to the ambassador it sells the ambassador program in a link at the top or you can head to our instagram which is at humanity.up um and there is a link in bio there we can find the application as well so let's turn to what's today's episode i think today's guest is is someone who is like most of our generation is really multi-passionate and who who likes to and wants to make an impact and using her own story but in a way that feels true to herself and where she's able to to talk about what she's passionate about but also use her story to to connect with others and now that being said um today's guest is alexandra Mantine, and she is a gen z advocate for migrants migrant rights and a sustainable fashion activist as a migrant herself, she works to combat discrimination and xenophobia. As a founder of the, as a founder of the UN major group Children and Youth Initiative, Let's Talk Migration, and as a UNICEF youth leader, she also works to promote women's rights and gender equality as a step up campaign ambassador and she's passionate about creating a more sustainable future for the fashion industry and works as an as an ambassador for the future fashion movement as well um and this episode we just sit down and chat about her her journey with let's talk migration and and her story as a migrant herself and how that inspired her her experience inspired her to to build a community and to make a change to speak up for for migrants rights and 
and xenophobia, but also what is what it is and how we can help support each other, so make our communities more inclusive and and how all of these amazing people that come to our countries who might have been through trauma or might come here to to just for work or for anything else how can we really learn from each other and i think that's something that's really near and dear to to our community where we literally have people in our program sitting from all around the world and connecting with each other and having a conversation about how different issues affect us differently or how different traditions or cultures aspect that, that we have in in our communities and how these look differently and what we can how we can use these perspective to to find collective solutions or learn from each other and generally just grow as, as human beings so without further ado let's jump into today's episode and welcome back to a new episode. Um, I'm pretty excited for today's episode because we are diving into a conversation where there is like racism, um, like a lot of things that we have within our society. It's a structural, it's a systemic thing. Um, we're talking about xenophobia and I think it's it's an issue that a lot of us has, like we talk about with racism, it's sort of a disease that affects all of us. It's something that's sort of built into our cultural programming, something that we all need to work on, deprogramming within ourselves and something that, first of all, we need to be conscious about uh, in in learning what it is and, and how we can deprogramming within ourselves into something that is more inclusive and more embracing of other people um and i'm excited to dive into this journey because this podcast is a lot about you know diving into the journey of different activists looking at how their journeys have been how we can learn from them and how we can see that activism is actually a lot of different things that we don't need to be this high and guru type of person or anyone else we can just be ourselves with you we can always make a change so um i'm excited to have you here alexandra and welcome to the show um and i want to start with we're just diving in a little bit to through the journey where you started with activism how that you came into the activism space and what that what inspired you to speak up about xenophobia yes thank you sarah thank you for inviting me and i'm very excited to be here as well I think how my journey started in terms of speaking up about xenophobia was after my own experience with it. When I moved to a new country, I moved from Romania to Germany. And even though it's moving inside of Europe and I expected it to be easy and have no problems, I I sadly had to experience a lot of uh, xenophobic episodes and um, was actually very surprised because it was something I was not really aware of in school or before it happened to me and my friends and soon after experiencing it myself and having people um, that lived here actually look at me in a weird way and because I come from another country and soon after that I've also learned that there's a you know higher level of xenophobia happening to people coming outside of Europe far worse than what I have experienced as a migrant you know from from Eastern Europe to Germany. So yeah, I think it was the moment where I lived it, my friends lived it and people around me lived it. And I knew there was, you know, something I had to do about it because I was, I was very, I don't know, shocked because I knew the language. I was trying my best to, you know, to fit in and it still happened. So I knew there was something that's not connected necessarily to my person, but it's something that's in the society and can be changed, or at least I wanted to try. So I remember I started volunteering to create spaces for host communities or people from host communities to meet myself and young migrants like myself and kind of discover the talents, the personalities we have, and actually try to put an end to xenophobia this way. Of course, it's more to do than that, but it was a starting point. And this were cultural events around food, music and art, kind of trying to bring people together on activities that have nothing to do with where you come from. And so young migrants would share their food or poetry or music or art they did after they they moved to a new country. And 
I saw people connect on a level that they probably wouldn't have if they haven't met each other. They start to see that they have similar dreams and similar hopes, and they actually have maybe a common taste in food or music or the same, you know, the same taste in art. And after seeing how, you know, how much these meetings can change perceptions or not necessarily change, but at least challenge them or get people to stop for a moment and think, okay, maybe kind of uh, wanting to stay away from young migrants wasn't that justified or didn't didn't have a real reason and so i wanted i wanted to actually share these ideas with more people and find more young people to join forces and kind of discover more solutions to end discriminations and i i came across the international youth forum on migration which is a platform for young people to actually come together talk about migration and solution and the priorities they have and so i applied it was um it was around three years ago i think and i got the chance to, you know to go to the this forum meet young people share my experiences as a young migrant but also kind of meet other incredible change makers that inspired me to you know to stay active that show me more ways than just cultural cultural events to to bring since then i've been engaged as part of the we have a new name so <laughs> um, as part of the migration youth and children platform which shortly would be my cp and I, I became part of this group which was back then a group of engaged people wanting to do something about migration and change the negative conversations that they had in their country it's, it's not just in germany it's all over the world that people started talking um in a pretty harsh way about migrants and so we are working together with youth activists other un organizations civil society governments but also sometimes the private sector to to work to find a way together to end uh, xenophobia so that's one of the main things uh, my cp does and myself as a kind of a part of it i'm more focused focused on on the communication side, on changing communication about migration, which is even on social media uh, negative. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's like how I got into the work I'm doing right now with my CP. Yeah, and I love what you mentioned about because we, you and I, we talked uh, previous about all the little things that that sort of makes all the difference, right? You mentioned that all the difference about culture, about sharing food or music or arts or learning about each other's culture, how those little sort of micro moments that's what actually make make a change and makes a difference. And I think that is really interesting. Also, how that ties into in being able to tell our story and share our story, our personal story that actually brings connections with people and have this experience of of finding unity within our diversity within our differences even though they might be cultural or religious or whatever it is that that that's sort of the main difference thing um so i was thinking about your your personal story and and being a migrant yourself and your experience how has that taught you or what has that taught you about being an activist and and how that sort of informs your work I think being a migrant myself was actually, you know, the, the the turning point where I actually became an activist because maybe if I haven't experienced it myself, I, I wouldn't have been that, um, I don't know, woke or that uh, aware of it. And I also learned from, from being a migrant myself and the personal experience that authentic stories can actually change people's minds if you dare to tell them. And they can, in many situations, not only break stereotypes, they, not, they cannot only challenge stereotypes, but also break them. And I remember at the beginning, I was very skeptical about sharing my story because I thought it wasn't spectacular enough because I moved um, within Europe. And I always thought there's that the platform should be given to more more important stories or and i i usually would just use facts and you know information to try to convince people and i very quickly noticed that it was not enough because either they wouldn't believe me or they would just question where where, where i got the numbers and when i started actually telling my stories story combined with facts and combined with information i had i actually noticed people started thinking and uh, seeing okay so I have this personal story of the person I have in front of me and I see 
uh, her struggles and I actually can relate to her. And then I also have the facts. And I think that's, that's something I, I learned from, from my experience, but also that change takes time and I have mm. to be patient. At first I was, or it, it was very frustrated that our actions and activism did not have an immediate outcome or effect. I couldn't really see people changing uh, perceptions now, but um If I look back um, at at my experience with, with my CP and where we were, where we started, and where we are now, I think it's a good example of you know that change is worth the wait. Uh, when I joined, we were just a small group of of engaged young people around 30 to 50 trying to make a change in the field of migration, and we were working very hard to find a space to do that, like really working hard to get pe young people at decision-making tables and get them to 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 say their priorities and looking at us uh, this year where we actually got an official mandate for youth participation at the global forum for development and migration which is kind of for people who don't know it it's it's just the avenue where the un and other organizations civil society governments they that they talk about migration it's the global conversation avenue and I don't know, being there now in an official position, looking back years where we were actually fighting to get that official position, it, it actually showed me, okay, uh, change takes time. And it it's also relates to my experience as a migrant because even integration and coming to a new community took a lot of time. And it was very hard every day kind of seeing that it doesn't get better tomorrow. Mm. And I think in activism is kind of similar. It, the thing you do today might only have an impact you know years later or for the next generation but it's still worth doing it so i think that's what i learned from also being a migrant and activating in the same uh, space yeah i think it's a great lesson that you talk about um that change is worth the wait right that that actually sharing your story and that experience like for me personally sharing my story about my 10 years experience in mental health uh i come from the mental health activism space right and for me that that story was sort of way a way of integrating that story that made me realize that i've been fighting for myself all these all these years and and actually i was able to use that not even that patience but just that determination that that inspiration that passion that i had for this field for first sort of healing myself i could actually use that that journey to actually help me and those set of, of competencies uh to actually help me go through through helping others as well and so i want to right now i want to dive into sort of the work the amazing work that you do with with let's talk migration the platform that you launched and and i want to hear about the the process that that led you to how you started it, how you created it and how you um started working with um mgcy um and with unicef and and how that process sort of came about yes totally so um we were a group of volunteers and um actually always trying to find a way that we can um kind of go with our work and show it to the to the people you know outside and first of all i want to thank the team and they know who i'm talking about that without them this project wouldn't have been possible and let's talk migration was born from our crazy ideas and i remember we always wanted to have a safe space online to talk about ways we can show that migrants in rich communities and actually are a good contribution to them. And there were many platforms online already around social issues, uh, racial injustice and the environment. One of my favorite ones, I think, at Shit You Should Care About uh, is one, mm. one of these platforms that yeah, inspired us. But there were very few opening a space for conversations around migration or around young people moving from a country to another and the struggles they, they face. And, This is how we kind of created Let's Talk Migration, which was meant to be or is meant to be a community for young people to share tools and ideas on how to change the, the conversation on migration around them. And it's a place to exchange experiences, best tips on shaping narratives, share the stories, but also most importantly, network with other amazing change makers, learn from them. And one of the reasons it got into this sharing tips and sharing experiences instead of just sharing stories is because we were aware that we alone as um, my CP or as a group of people, we, we, 
could not or were not able to shape or change narratives on migration everywhere on the world. And, and so we decided to give youth worldwide kind of the tools and the, the, the information they need to join our mission and change their narratives on the local level in their context, in the concept, in the context they know and in the communities they know, instead of us trying to, to cover everything. And, um, you, you asked about the process. We at first, we just started talking to young migrants worldwide and interviewing them and hearing what were the struggles and what wishes do they have from host communities? Um, what do they want people to do to make them feel more welcomed or better? And from hearing their experiences, we actually figured that we want to create a platform that shares way more than just their life stories because these people are usually not just migrants or victim as many call them, but they are actually the ones fighting xenophobia and the ones doing something to, to make their communities more inclusive. And so we wanted, to, of course, to hear their story, but also wanted them to give something to the next generation, wanted to do something like give them ideas on how to do it, give, give them tips, give them what they've learned uh, from it. And we worked for over a year, kind of uh, mixing and drawing and finding our concept and went online in January, like at the end of January this year. So we're quite new, let's say, um, online. We went online after the Youth Forum. We spoke with some of the participants of the Youth Forum as well and kind of launched uh, this, this platform, which is an Instagram account um, for people to, to find tools and tips we have this kind of guides on how to shape narratives and that people can share in their community and we're just at the beginning so there's going to be more to come but what we are presenting right now is the guides and also young leaders talking to the followers of how they change narratives and what are their tips so yeah that's that's the short version of how we started and what the process were but there's there's definitely more to the project yeah, but I love how you sort of show the, the different tips of or different steps that you took because, you know, it's a journey for, for all of us, I think. Uh, also for us, uh, starting Humanity Up, uh, it was just like starting from a conversation, people who we were just a friend group, friend group a lot of us coming from from all around the world we were literally from i think we were from 10 different countries um and and for us starting that conversation and realizing that we all sort of had a passion we all had a a vision for something that we wanted to work with but we we also knew we didn't really know how to, to start it we didn't really know what steps that we needed to take but we knew that we sort of just had to figure it out and and sort of learn as we go and i think a lot of us realized yes. that on the journey that it's it's taking those steps right it's it's one step after after another realizing oh maybe I should do this or someone else is doing like that maybe we could do that as well or that yeah. innovation that that works for us right it was totally like that for us as well we were a group of, of volunteers from all over the world knowing each other and we kind of realized very quickly that there's the same wish for young people they don't need you to tell them what problems they have they know that they know what's happening in their regions and we just it just needed to know how to to start something and i'm very being very honest here we had a lot of concepts and then we did them and then we didn't like them and we saw that they don't work and and tried again so it was a, a big process and we're happy with what came out but there's definitely gonna be as well now with instagram changing and uh, focusing more on videos and there's also gonna be affecting how how we do um, the thing so mm, it's a yeah. constant change and i think it's always with when you have a project it's always like it's changing and you have to adapt and yeah I think that's also one of the great things about our generation. I think a lot of us are like really multi-passionate. We have a lot of different things that we that we love to do, a lot of things that we, we change our mind all the time. We try new things. We we do this and that too to sort of um to experience things, to to experiment with what we have as an experience and also just trying to to figure out what is best for us. And I think that that really helps us in coming together with our differences because even though we come from different countries or as an our team, we are passionate about a lot of different things we have people within the migration field or we have people in the environment field me in, in the mental health space we have people about who are passionate like you also about like environmental and sustainable fashion and we have like people in in all spaces a lot of people about gender equality and education as well so i think about there is sort of the idea that we can come together with all of our 
multi-passionate ideas and and different and crazy stuff that we that we have all of these things that we can sort of combine and i think that it really is a great strength uh, that that's really is apparent in our generation i think um, it's also very nice how things connect because you said gender equality and migration but actually there's a lot of um, exactly. you know places where they connect and right now we had i know we we did a guide uh, around the the olympics you know how how xenophobia happened yes, in, the, in the sports field and then sharing a, a toolkit you know around the whole craziness with the olympics on how to to avoid doing racist or xenophobic comments when you watch sports so mm-hmm. everything actually connects so it's very nice to to be able to you know connect with people who might not be following migration accounts but then come across um while looking for for something after the olympics or something like that yeah and even in the olympics something you see like all the issues that we struggle with around the world we both see the issues about the environment we see issues about the racism about migrations about mental health about gender equality it is literally i think i think a lot we have discussed a lot in in our group about the idea that whether also with um the people who has transgender how can we integrate those in the olympics all of these issues that that were people who like all of these different ideas how can we combine them how can we create a more uh equal world a more inclusive world and i think that sort of is a great actually case for for discussing that um so with that said i want to to take in us into the next section and discuss xenophobia as it's called um and i want you if you could help us sort of get a broader understanding of what it actually is what is actually that we mean because we know that it's not just the sort of the fear of of the strange the fear of the foreign but it's actually more than that but but getting us a more broad understanding of what it is and why it's so important that we need to speak up about it i think i would say xenophobia is kind of beyond just the fear of strangers it's more of you know the dislike and the prejudice people have against people coming from another country you know like young migrants but i think it's more than just a feeling or an opinion people have in private which is actually the, where, where the problem starts mm-hmm. it is also a belief that guides their action in you know in society and people start maybe avoiding migrants in communities at any cost or even you know it goes to the extent that they hurt them through discrimination or hateful acts and Yes, yeah, xenophobia divides neighborhoods, communities, and societies. And I think it's often, at least from my experience, rooted in fear or disinformation or even the the lack of conversation with migrants or contact with migrants. As I told you from our meetings, from the cultural evenings, as soon as people start talking to migrants and not just reading about migrants or you know watching television reports about them, there's a connection that happens and. When I think of xenophobia, there's also another level to it, like, you know, the narrative of good or bad migrant uh, media usually uses or even people in society thinks. And it makes it an important issue we need to address, because at least where I live, there's good migrants that come from countries mm-hmm. like the US or France and come here to enrich Germany or, you know, doing a, a job because they're very qualified. And then there's also the so-called bad migrants which come from eastern europe or outside of europe that are only supposed to steal jobs and profit and this is actually one of the examples that we wanted to change with let's talk migration but kind of showing people that even the ones they consider to not be perfect migrants have amazing contribution to society they might not know about many of them are innovators and and changing actually society for the better or are artists and creatives that bring Uh, very much value to societies or even the ones that hold communities together and so i think what we wanted to do was try to move from fear that causes xenophobia from move from fear to hope mm. and connect people with positive emotions around migration like you know compassion empathy joy instead of fear and isolation but and also kind of show that migrants are solution bringers that they ha- are an opportunity for communities they're not just problems or a threat and they're not powerless victims as sometimes the media likes to portray them that they come and hurt a lot a lot of people and they don't know what to do and they cannot take care of themselves because actually many of them are heroes and everyday heroes and nobody talks about that and i think kind of shifting these things like uh showing migrants that everyday heroes and not victims and kind of moving from 
causing fear to media to moving to hopeful or showing that migrants actually bring something to communities that it, it might end it or it might at least change the, the xenophobia beliefs but it's also as i said being it a belief and not just an opinion it's also very hard to change so yeah i think that stuff migration does its part but so do all the young people you know on the ground and Uh, with Let's Stop Migration, we also did an additional thing to the account, which is maybe not that visible. We started um, the Change the Conversation Challenge, mm. with which was basically a competition or a video competition for young people to to share how they change narratives in their communities. And we wanted to to give them, you know, visibility, but also to support them um, financially, because we understood that, you know, more than just showcasing existing initiatives, funding is something that at least youth organizations have to fight with. They are not usually targeted by donors. They work on a voluntary basis and sometimes with no or less to no resources, no ability to expand. And we thought, okay, uh, the idea of finding organizations was a very good part from us, especially the unseen ones, you know, the local heroes, as we like to call them, that usually remain in the background and are not uh, showcased. And we got very, um, we, we got lucky because we were able to do that. We received um, over 55 applications, I think, and awarded five times. Amazing. Yeah, $5,000 in seed funding to, to eight of them. We got the financial support of the Swiss Confederation that, that supported our project and helped us actually give these initiatives uh, funding. And they were led by amazing people. I'm going to uh, give examples later, but young migrants, but also just young people working in, in the migrant sector. They were selected by our expert judges from UNICEF, IOM, which is the International Organization of Migration, the government of Canada, Destination Unknown, and also a youth uh, migrant blog, which is called Vatuvoye. Mm -hmm. We kind of had this uh, judging panel to bring all organizations together, and they are all experts in terms of migration and communication. And so you can also think of how good the videos from the migrants were that they actually got, um, got selected. And the Change the Conversation Challenge was kind of trying to end xenophobia also another level like bringing um, a lot of people say okay i don't know the migrants you are talking about the change makers the the, the innovators i i haven't met one yet so we just thought okay let let's let's show you eight of them that are the finalists and let you let you see if maybe they're in your community we had people from greece from portugal from uh the us latin america from guatemala so I think it was easier for people to think, okay, so there's something happening in my region as well. So here are the change makers you were, you know, looking for. Ah, great. I love that one. I was just thinking, um, you talk about approaching a lot of um, different established organizations and, and working with established organizations. And I think for a lot of young people and for a lot of activists or change makers, um, I think the idea of starting to to work established organizations and how we go about that. If you could dive a little bit into more of your process, how did you approach them? Um, how did you sort of convince them to work with you? Because I think, as you said, there is a lot of sort of age discrimination around youth that we don't have experience enough. We don't have uh, our ideas. It's not sort of don't have enough evidence or it's not valid enough. Um, so how can we go about uh, approaching them and getting them to work with us? I think it was a it was a hard process for us as well. I've been telling you at the beginning that we started as a small group and there's been a lot of advocating and you know convincing big organizations that MYCP can actually bring a lot of value and um you know bring actually the youth voices are actually expert voices and mm. um you know established voices that are not um not experienced enough or or not um uh, old enough. We proved many times that That we can bring a, a lot of things uh, to the table and that i think also the youth forum played a big role to that um because we had our youth forum where a lot of young people meet and this platform with being the youth forum helped us uh, get in contact with you know uh, established governments but also we co-organized you know the youth forum with unicef and iom which are both very champions at least in in bringing uh, youth participation to the table and then with their help we approached governments and um, 
the whole mechanism of the Global Forum for Development and Migration. And I think what also helped was um, that we got we we brought a lot of examples to the table and not just ideas. We had very we had the young leaders there actually making the change governments are talking about that their roundtables and decision making uh, processes. And I think this might help also a lot of other activists in their fields like bringing them or showing them that youth is already doing the change that they're talking about and then it's it's easier to connect and in terms of let's talk migration <laughs> there has been a lot of pitching involved and and bringing around um kind of trying to convince uh, that this is a good idea and why they should uh, support us and not um, not someone else. And I think, as I said, the Youth Forum and the whole engagement NYCP has been having over the years in bringing different young voices in the decision-making process, impressing with, with what they have to bring to the table helped. And also one thing that helped us very much was participating in in um, a campaign the Global Forum for Development and Migration was doing, which was called It Takes a Community, and it's a campaign of the Working Group on Shaping Narratives on Migration, and actually everybody can can join. And this initiative, we were able to do a youth takeover and actually show the voices of young people into this global campaign the, the Working Group was doing. And this helps at least for us very much in terms of visibility and not just us as an organization, but also, you know, the winners of the challenge that were organizations, they got to take over the IOM account, which was a very big honor for them, or they got some visibility that they might otherwise not get. And I think some of the tips, you know, in trying to to work with uh, established organizations is kind of to, you know, to, to be passionate about the thing you're doing because they, they can actually see that, especially when you're pitching. And, and one more thing I would say is not give up because of course it didn't work from, for the first time. And we had different, how can I say, levels of engagement. First, we did something on our own then showed show them what we do. And then after, you know, convincing there, there has been more levels of, of working together and support so we we ourselves also didn't start directly um you know um being served the <laughs> the, the partnership so that's something i think we work a lot on and many organizations work a lot on but um yes especially unicef iom and all, all the others i talked about even governments when they see something that's 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 having an effect and it's uh, people are passionate about it, they usually um, want to support or or ask at least in ways um, they can support. And sometimes we are the ones asking as well many times. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I think as, as you said about uh, actually sharing the solutions that already exist, right? That you already have a solution for one of the issues, and and using that sort of partnership to share that you already have something to give. That we actually have a lot of things to give, and that we actually have ideas that that are worth living with in the world um, and actually using your community around you to both your community, but also actually using your network to, to get a step forward or move a step forward or to get within the space of, of where I need to go. So within that space, I want to, to ask you about, um, about xenophobia and how we talk a lot about the idea and the issue because it, it really is a global sort of issue and disease that exists, but in, in learning, to deep program ourselves in and being more inclusive and embracing diversity how can we express allyship uh, as young people or as people listening and tuning in how can we learn to find unity in diversity and in place embrace inclusivity totally i think uh, that's that's an amazing question it's especially the question we tried to answer with the account um but i think from from what i've learned and from our research in researching toolkits because we haven't created all the toolkits ourselves we actually research them from experienced organizations and people in the field working with deprogramming xenophobia how you, how you just told it but i think one one of the the top tips i would give is to first listen to the people who are affected by it um even if especially when you're no non-migrant yourself because first it's very important to actually understand what how they live it and now not only how you think uh, they live it. I think this is one of the very important uh, points because sometimes we have prejudiced our own 
and kind of very important to think about it. And the second one would be to actually call out hate speech when you hear it or uh, xenophobic speech and fight back with stories, with information, with, with things you actually have at hand or the tools you maybe gather from, from your community or from your work. Kind of don't let it slide, especially uh, also in my friends group around the sports events right now. I've heard a lot of of things like just going into the conversation nobody reacted to them so even then you know if it's safe and if you know the people especially have the the courage to call it out and i just talked about friends and family i think it's very important to actually start talking to your close close circle and make sure they understand why migrants are a good thing or why migrants enrich communities because sometimes we start talking to everyone but don't realize that actually in our close circle the circle where you have most power to change opinions because they know you and they're your family and friends um we actually tend to to go past that and talk directly to the whole community and i think changing the mind of a friend and of a family member is as valuable as changing or if not more valuable than somebody some some random opinion Yes, I, I, I said it, I think, stand up for the people that are being discriminated, intervene if, if it's safe to do so. And if you know stories and you know people and you know young migrants, then share the stories and their achievements in your network, like the private network, school network. And I will stress this, I think, a hundred times, even online, because right now we all have like our little community or a little bubble of friends or people who follow us because they're interested in what we're doing. So, yes actually use that and uh, share stories there as well and if you have time and you can then get active on the ground as well like create spaces for you and your friends to meet with young migrants or I as i said food mu music culture dance are actually things that that can bring people very easily together even if you don't necessarily uh, are fluent in a new language they, they can connect people so if you you know, you're, you're a dancer or you're passionate about music or, yes, do something uh, like this yourself, then try to bring young migrants into the space as well. And I will, I will share more. I could, I could talk for hours, but please, if you, if you want to know more and ways to become a LE, you can definitely check out, uh, check out the account. We will soon be sharing more, more examples where we are now working on a toolkit on how to best talk with your family, like really uh, concrete, you know, um, tips and steps to talk to people you know, but also, and it's a very important part, how to talk to people you disagree with, because I, I myself, I know it's hard. I, I, it's hard for me to do it as well when I have the information, but um, if we keep only talking in the bubble of people who already support migration and who already are interested about activism, then we still miss the people who are actually having um, xenophobic beliefs. So if you meet a person like that, uh, try to engage and not run away. Of course, if it's safe. So. <laughs> it's not safe. We don't know. One away all the way, so you want. <laughs> Definitely. I think I think it's such a great tool because I think what we have come to to learn and experience throughout like the last years or really just in, in the entire span of our life, I think about the powerful tool of conversation, like how powerful tool it actually is and how important it is, not just in terms for how our brain function, that storytelling is how and metaphors is how we make sense of things uh, of the world, essentially, but I think also on a greater society level how stories connect us how stories is how we how we build connection between each other and community and how they sort of is the underlying civil lining between people um a network between people and, and i think it's, it's a lot of those like tools as you said about uh how can you have conversations with people who are sort of either ignorant or people who disagree with you on a certain issue and, and that's something that we have worked a lot on as well in in our ambassador program how can we help our fellow ambassadors and our change makers how can they learn to have conversation with an ignorant grandmother or a, exactly. a school teacher who is a, like who uses who has a lot of discrimination or like anyone they, aware exactly people they meet either in in a uniform or it could be their friends like the friend who who 
as you said, is unaware that they actually are using words that is harming or discriminating to some toward someone else um, and expressing something, an opinion that is not really, that's hurting someone else. And I think that's such an important way. How can we actually actively use conversation as a tool? And I think an amazing study that has been done um, with another amazing change maker that we had on the podcast, um, it's an organization called Helena, and they did this amazing study around um, American One Room, which essentially was uh, 500 Americans from all around the states um, and they had a conversation from like they were both Republican and and Democrats and essentially just about how can we have a conversation with each other and learn about each other. And what they realized what was that not it was not necessarily that people actually changed their mind, but it was how they were able to to talk to each other and how they were able to embrace the differences. So so they had a much higher degree of empathy, much higher degree of, of way of understanding each other. And I thought that was such a powerful full way of or powerful finding because Essentially, we don't need all to be the same. We don't need to find like we don't we, need to we, find unity and be the same. Right? We need exactly. To... We don't need everyone to totally agree to each other and say I have the exact same opinion. But exactly, I think it's very important to also you know learn how to talk to each other and not directly you know attack, but more like okay, I understand where you're coming from. I understand, for example, in terms of migration, I understand where your fear is coming mm. from because. Uh, I see, I don't know, I saw the the same reports as you saw, but, and then kind of try to bring them into, or explain to them why why migrants are, are enriching communities. So kind of this way. And the example you just shared, I think, you know, once people start talking to each other, a lot changes. Yeah, exactly. And and even if it's just the small things, we have we have people in our in our group, in our team who has worked many years with the people in refugee camps in, in Greece and, and they realized that it wasn't like the big grand gestures as we talk about. It was just a small way, just getting into to meeting people, having a conversation, playing with the children, or just the experience for them to just teach English or or something else. Uh, but just the small things where you can have a conversation with someone that that either that that's different from you or has a different opinion for you that just makes such a difference and it was just the small things because you realize that we actually had many more similarities than we actually had differences yeah, totally. but, well, but that the differences was beautiful right that there was something that we could learn from each other in, in that experience i think it's also you know we we are very different but then kind of learning how to embrace the differences and um i've worked also um a lot with with uh, migrants and young migrants and refugees and just by hearing them their stories and of course it was a lot similar but also the the, the things they went through and the differences they i either learned something from that or you know i i I experienced a new culture and i think that's also it's okay to be different and it's actually very beautiful so yeah i love that so so in that idea about speaking up about things and, and exposing yourself and, and being in the spotlight um as you do with your platform and, and in general how do you how do you handle or how do you go about and deal with with cancel culture and and the immense amount of pressure that is in youth people to sort of do the quote-unquote right thing or always say the right thing and and support the right issues and 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 the entire pressure that is on us having to sort of solve all of these major issues that that previous generation has brought on, brought on us yes i think we have actually thought a lot about this in the context of let's talk migration because we were very quickly aware of the fact that as volunteers and having you know limited time not working full time for let's stop migration or the platform that we cannot always cover every major event around migration or comment on it and we had for a long time a fear of our followers thinking that we decide to ignore that or that mm. we do not want to have an opinion but you know in activism in general and i had to learn this <laughs> we cannot all do all things perfectly at the same time and so we decided as a, as our team that our mission is to share tools, the facts and the information young people need to become, you know, conversation changers themselves and address the issues in their communities because we wanted them to become activists for their special causes instead, as I said, of us trying to advocate for everything without actually being on the ground and without uh, sliding into this selectivism of just posting and sharing causes that happen and not really be informed about the local situation. And I think mm, what happened to us, and it's also happening in activism as well, 
um, you have to be aware that you do not always have to have the answer or the solutions to every issue happening around the world. And it's, it's better for you as an activist or as a person to find what you're passionate about and kind of give your best to change something in that field. And ours was changing narratives. And even though not everything's perfect, I think every unperfect step we take can make a change. And just when seeing um, the the winners of, for example, the conversation challenge, with which actually was us addressing eight different issues um, through them. And I wanted to just, just so it make sense of what I'm talking about. We had the winner of our Youth and Leadership Innovation Award that we had last year, for example, in partnership with UNICEF, IOM, and supported by Switzerland and the UAE was um, the xenophobia barometer, barometer. And what they were doing is that they collect and systemize information from social media, especially from Twitter, to measure the state of the conversational migration migrant xenophobia in Colombia and most recently in Peru. And then they would share this information with stakeholders, local governments to actually allow them to avoid xenophobia and risks towards migrants. And this was a very good example of, you know, a local situation, a local problem they had and how they decided to solve it instead of us kind of from from the global level trying to to dig into into what's happening in their country and similar things happen with the finalists of the same change the conversation challenge they used a lot of different tools so some of them use podcasts like um the podcast i'm not from here or immigrantly which which um, you can you can look up they they both started conversations with migrants about struggles they had and challenges they faced. But again, in their context, one of them was a creator. So she spoke with migrant creators and the other one spoke with um, immigrantly with people from their region doing amazing stuff as migrants. And as I said, they were doing a lot of different things. One thing that also impressed me and I wanted to add it as an example is uh, postcat postcards from home which is one of the yeah. finalist initiatives from from our challenge with which actually brought people together in greece from host communities and migrants and refugees and they talked together about the idea of home and of course for some was home the place they left and and they kind of talked together and found a common space and this kind of um you know this kind of things were were better to showcase than us trying to to post a story every time uh, something major happens. And this is how we try to, you know, deal with instead of, um, of course, we take feedback from our community and we assure that actually the content we share is valuable to them because at the end of the day, it's for young people who want to get engaged. But we found more value in sharing initiatives like this one's uh, connecting artists like Humanity on the Move or bringing people together like Time Keeps App through different food or meetings or online chats. So better to share something like this than to try to always react to everything. So that's how that's how we dealt with, you know, um, cancel culture. And we also, you know, I think as any initiative we received, um, um, why don't we talk about that and why don't we share about that? But I think it's always a decision to try to stay sane. And what we tried in our team is to actually, when a station like this happens, we come together, we talk, we see if, if it's something we want to do. And if so, then we take our time to do it and not, um, not react always on the spot. So um, you might then, after such a message, you might then receive a more, a more elaborated and research answer from us than just um, just um, sharing a story. So that that's how we dealt with it. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of for us as well. I think both for me personally and and for our team, I think what we have come to experience is that instead of trying to always do the right thing or the quote unquote like right thing, the, the objective right thing, that is not like such a thing. It's about doing the right thing for you, but also realizing that when you always express your truth and, and your personal, uh, what is right for you, I think realizing that it's okay to be wrong, that it's, it's as much about the process, about realizing that sometimes your truth is not the right one, quote unquote, exactly. right? That, that as we have talked about having the conversation with, with a lot of other change makers, 
and someone who is different from you or has a different opinion from you, um, when you have that experience, you realize, okay, I've actually grown. And I think a lot about the conversation about cancel culture that affects a lot of us is is that we need to realize that people are allowed to be wrong and that we actually learn in that space, right? And that we can have as much conversation. The more we have conversation with someone who disagrees with us or is different from us, the more we actually get to learn, have a more nuanced more nuanced way of expressing ourselves and and not being afraid to to express our truth and being afraid to say to admit that we've been wrong uh, i think yeah. that's such a powerful realization and something that we need to speak even more of about because because yeah, totally. right and because think, yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah but i was i could just go back to you but i was just wanted to say that we need to realize that that it's the more wrong that we are, the more we start having these conversations, the more we realize that that it's not sort of black and white and that we we don't yes. need to cancel each other up, but we actually need to to learn from each other and and that we need to go m- moving forward that way in in having a more inclusive conversation as well, not just embracing inclusivity but also embracing inclusivity in the way that we have a conversation right I think it's also like very important. We learned a lot from from feedback we received and from seeing what other people want to share with us. And I think it's it's important to be open to that. But also, at the at the same time, I think uh, these expectations people have from activists are very uh, far oh, from God, reality. Yes. They yeah. expect everyone to be, you know, uh, totally an um, activist on migration, but then also on environment because the two things <laughs> yeah. connect. And then, and I think it's very hard for somebody to keep up with the pressure. I felt it myself, and I know the team has felt it as well. So I just wanted to 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 send a message that you can, you know, you can still care for the environment and be locally engaged in your community without being, you know, an activist on everything. And you can also be an ally for migrants and diversity without. Um, being involved in a major campaign or running an account, you can do it just by talking to your friends and family or reacting to different scenarios you don't don't agree with. And this does not mean that somebody can come to you then and tell you, "Oh yes, you're you're an activist on migration, but you don't um, recycle 100% and something like that." So don't let yourself, um, you know, get or to be let down by something like this because every small change people are making. I'm also just telling my friends who some of them are not necessarily 200% engaged in activism and it's totally okay, but I'm very happy when they share our toolkits or when they say, okay, this one I, I find very nice. I will share it with my friends and I will try to tell them something about it. I think that's just as valuable uh, as what a lot of people are doing and they shouldn't be cancelled for just doing a smaller activism part. Mm, yeah. Um, so as we are about to unfortunately reach our end of this episode, um, I wanted to ask you if you could give a message to your fellow agencies, what would you say? I think my message would be to be role models and not definite, not wait for others to do the first step. Like be the one to welcome new people in your community or the one to start a conversation instead of, you know, just going with the flow that decides to stay away or stay silent because you have your voice and you have your socials and you can find all the tools you need uh, on our counter online to be one, the one to start the change around you. And I believe that at least us as you or as Gen Z, we can change the narrative wider than just speaking with friends and family because we can reach thousands or even millions of followers if we want to the platforms we actually use daily. I mean, I think everybody has their phone next to uh, them. And that is the great advantage. I think other generations like my parents didn't have when they wanted to activate for something. And yes, I think we should make the most of it. Mm, absolutely love that alexandra thank you so much for for joining me uh it has been such a pleasure and uh i've learned so much actually from just what you said and and had so many like takeaways from from how we can move forward in both in our team and i think a lot of our listeners have to how they can move forward in starting having the conversations and speaking up about a lot of issues that is around immigration and, and start geek programming that own believe. So thank you so much for joining yes, me today. Thank you again for inviting us. And as I said, I invite everyone, if you have something to share, experience a tip or the way you are changing something in your community on migration, then 
just send us a message at, at Let's Talk Migration and we would love to feature your story or the one of your friends on our account. The, the idea is to get as many young people as possible to join, even if you're not a migration uh, expert or a young migrant yourself. If you found something, you know, that, that works for you in changing the conversation, then just, just let us know. episode was brought to you by Humanity. Thank you for tuning in and for being part of this amazing community. I'll see you next time.